All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Context Free. This is Jason K. And this is Jason M. And we are back this week, and we have Magic Maze. Magic Maze, Senua's Sacrifice, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice. It's a lot of words. There's a lot of games that have There's three so words that are in order, like Horizon Zero Dawn, like yeah. where they just put three words yeah. together. All the words are taken, I think. It's is that like, it? It's like, it's like dot .com names. We're going to have to start deleting vowels soon. And so this one, what is the proper name of that one? A uh, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Hellblade Senua Sacrifice. By, okay. ninja, by Ninja Theory. <laughs> okay. So that, <laughs> by Ninja Theory. Um, yeah. So those are, those are the two titles we're going to talk about today. Magic Maze on the cardboard side and Hellblade Senua Sacrifice on the <laughs> video slash digital side. Um, might also chat a little bit about... Uh, games versus experience and kind of the spectrum of of that so yeah kind of what we're kind of what we're thinking about um as always thanks for listening um if you want to get in touch with us probably the best way is just through my twitter account is at kegs k-e-g-z uh you can uh, dm me or just tweet at me there and uh try to get in touch i tweet a lot about pictures of games i'm playing uh, just trying to interact with gaming community in general. So I'd be happy to interact. Love to hear any questions you guys have. I get a lot of questions in person about, you know, what game to play or can you recommend something, anything like that. And it's always fun to do that. So I'd, I would love to, uh, help anybody out. That's, uh, that's listening free gaming consulting. Jason Jason's gaming consulting. Exactly. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get him to go freelance start start a consulting organization i don't think there's a whole lot of money in he it. doesn't listen to me oh my <laughs> god um well so we just play magic maze um, by dude games dude look at that is it whoa yeah whoa yeah, dude. We got, we, so we have the game out in front of us we just what uh, is there symbol it's like a i'm not sure like a like a kraken with sunglasses and books what right so magic maze is a game that i have conflicted feelings about um <laughs> <laughs> is that why you made me play it? Is it because you have conflicted feelings? Well, so would you agree that, uh, before I get into what it, what it is, a uh, mm -hmm. brief description, mm -hmm. would you agree that it would have been impossible for us to have a conversation? Like, it's worth you playing it to have the conversation. It's oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's always, it's always, it's always a little bit easier, I think. But uh, yeah. in this case, I think, yeah. It's, it's the sort of thing that you have to um, experience. And, and do you feel a little bit more tense, or, or do you feel like you... A little more higher blood pressure. From I think playing. I think I'm over it now. I think I'm over the tenseness, you know. But it was like sipping half a cup of coffee, right? Yeah, no, yeah. I'm it, a little, yeah, it's it, a little, it, little amping. Yeah. It fires the chemicals <laughs> for sure. Um, so, Magic Maze is a game that I would put squarely into the category of not for everybody. Um, I think there's a lot of people very divisive game. A lot of people would really hate it. Because it's a real-time game. Some and, people, and it's co-op. Real-time co-op. Real-time co-op. Um, so in the same way, that, that it evokes kind of that, the same thing when you're playing a couch co-op video game, mm -hmm. right? Where you're sitting there, you're next to each other, and you're trying to get something done. And you're like, especially like maybe a difficult platformer style game Le or something. Le Lego. Like yeah, the, Lego. Yeah, yeah the go, Lego games. Go stand on the... Go, go stand no. on the... Yes. No. Go, right. Ah. Yeah. So imagine playing Lego Star Wars or Lego Lord of the Rings or Lego Marvel and not being able to talk to one another. And right, that's right. The, the, sort of the best analogy I can give to what uh, this game's like. So you're, you're at the mall, and there's, there's, there are yeah, no zombies. There's no zombies. Yet. You're, <laughs> you're at the mall. There's four different colored pawns. Uh, nobody, nobody is any colored pawn. And this game plays anywhere from two to eight players. Mm -hmm. So you can see in the box there, there's different tiles for 
you know, when we played, you had three actions, I had four actions. Mm -hmm. If we were playing with four people, then, you know, one person would get one action, all the other people would have two actions on their card, you know, and it's basically move left, move right, up, down, uh, search for new tiles, go up and down the escalators, and and warp around. What you're basically trying to do is to move these four pawns. It's kind of like one of those little mobile games where you have to get the, the worms are all stuck in like a square, and you have to like move this guy over to this side and then get right. the worm out, whatever mm-hmm. those sort of games are called. Um, you're trying to get all of them onto their colored <laughs> spots to, I don't know, steal their equipment or whatever it is. And then once that happens, then you're trying to get them all out of their own colored exits. And the game has some built-in scenarios that sort of layer on the rules slowly, um, you know, one by one, if you can actually get someone to repeatedly play with you. Right. So we played the first one and, and no one punched each other. So that that's good. <laughs> well, I've already punched everyone else I've played with. So <laughs> that's why. <laughs> everyone, everyone else has been full of rage. I think my son is done with this game after a couple <laughs> plays. Uh, my daughter likes it. Um, we sit there and we just sort of like gesticulate at one another, like, like, um, and my wife is, it's probably not something she would ever choose to play by choice, (laughs) but she said that she will play with us once in a while. So, (laughs) um, I think it's kind of different. Um, it, it, the other thing I should mention is you can't talk while you're trying to do this and there's a timer running. Right. So that's either really, that either sounds like amazing to you if you like a game like Space Team. Like, I don't know if you ever played Space Team on your mobile phone where everyone like connects their phones via Bluetooth and you ever play this? No, that sounds horrible. So everyone connects their phones in Space Team and it's just a a Bluetooth thing and it'll, you're all supposedly like, you know, have different jobs on a spaceship trying to make it fly. But someone's calling out the things of like, you know, turn off the bamboozle button or whatever and like somebody on their phone has the bamboozle button and you don't know who has it and you're all trying to like get things to happen simultaneously in real time as like parts of the ship are falling off and the buttons are right falling apart and and so you're that type of thing. so you're moving so so there are four pawns nobody's a character and in my case because we're playing the the simple intro version i guess i have two i can move any pawn towards me or to my left and you you could move kind of the opposite two directions, right? right? And then there's no friggin' turns. There's no turns. <laughs> so, so you're just, come on! Right. Yeah. And, and I think in the two-player game, is definitely easier than the four mm-hmm. or more mm-hmm. because in the two-player, if it's not moving, it's probably your fault. Yeah. That you know? sounds right. And whereas in the four-player, it's like, <laughs> then, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to figure out um, who you are. So what were your feelings were were you sitting there being like i can't wait for this to be over even though it's only a five minute game no i i i think it's kind of fun my like i said my only my only challenge with it is the kind of the visual clutter of all the pieces right and being new i'm like i don't i know i'm supposed to get to a thing but now i'm kind of in real time like where is the thing that i'm supposed to get to and Uh and, um that was the only thing that that i was like so we played with 12 tiles and like i said this is fairly you know, this, lower level. It goes, I think, all the way up to 23, 23 or, or something. And you have other things. There's security cameras. There's <laughs> there's other rules and, you know, that, that, that kind of come into play. Um, things to dodge. What's that? Things to dodge. No, there's nothing like that. There's no there's no things to dodge. Well, but I mean, you're, you're, you're probably don't walk in front of the security camera. I mean, like in a, unless you're the thief or something. I don't know. Um, I can't remember how the security can. I know that you have to disable them. I, I think you can't. Oh, I, I know what it is. If if there's more than two security cameras out, if there's two or more out, you can't use the timer. So you can't flip the timer. Because the way the timer mechanism works in the game is, is it's running and there's different squares on the board that 
uh, are are the hourglass timer. And if you move one of the pawns onto them, then you get to flip the hourglass and briefly talk. But if those security cameras out, then you you can't do that. Right. right. So why so why would someone want to play this game? Like what 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 is the what is the fun? What is the fun? The fun is like the fun is the rush, I guess. Yeah. I I, I mean that's the fun for me. The fun what? is is the the quick thinking mm-hmm. puzzle solving. So and I, and I don't want to get into a whole, you know, I think we'll leave the the discussion of like, you know, what is fun about co-ops for another day, right. but I will say that I sometimes get frustrated in co-ops with the amount of debate and length of sort of discussion. Right. Right. So the, it's like the, the, the algorithmic, like let's solve the game theoretic aspect of this I, debate. I mean, I'm all for, I'm all for winning the co-op and, and everything, but not at the expense of, you know, <laughs> debating odds for 12 minutes, right. you know, of this versus that. It's just, I get bored with that <laughs> after a while and I want it to, just like if I'm playing a non-co-op game, you know, I, I want to kind of keep things um, in the moving. I mean, everybody's subject to analysis paralysis. I mean, it's just right, it, right. to some degree or another, right? Where it's your turn and you're like, oh, should I do this or should I do that? Um, and this game basically says that if you have analysis paralysis, you are screwed. Yeah. Like no, you, you are going to absolutely hate this experience. Yeah, you're going to die. You're going to die soon. Well, and you're just going to freeze up. Yeah. Right. So, so what were you thinking when, like, when I was kind of, like, you oh, probably so knew you, it was your turn, you, right? You, you, so, so there's no turn, but there's a, there's or, a do something now. Uh, it's not do really something a meeple. Pawn. It's a pawn. Yeah. yeah it's a pawn. And you just, you just clack it. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. According to the rules, the only, the only amount of interaction you're allowed to have when you're not allowed to speak is either putting the do something pawn in front of someone or staring at them intently, I believe is how it's worded. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would think, I would think you would like to play this if you like that sort of madcap rush of just solving a puzzle um, quickly. Like if someone really likes playing blitz chess, right? Right. If blitz chess is your thing, you, you might enjoy this, right. right? Cause it's that same sort of you, you just, it's all about thinking quickly, but you can get what four players is the max eight, eight players. So, so this could be a pretty good yell at each other, party game after while yeah, not yelling. At while each not other. Each, well, I mean, you yell, you yell after or like a good game. throw your beer at the other person. Party <laughs> game. <laughs> what are you thinking? Um, so yeah, it, 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 it's tough because I, I was very intrigued by it. Cause it, you know, I like, getting games in my collection that are unique and do things that other games don't do. Right. This is that. <laughs> but at the same time, like if we're going to have a game night tonight, I don't think we're going to play this. Like, I just don't think it would uh, be successful. Well, you're not going to play it for multiple hours. That's for sure. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't the think adrenaline, so. The adrenaline dump that you experience afterwards is uh, you're going to be done. I'm still feeling a little bit. Yeah. You little ants. I think that's why I like it. Because it's like it's like drinking a cup of coffee it's, for me. It's like an espresso shot. It is. It's game. like an espresso shot, which I think is a lot of fun. Um, other things. I mean, I think the, you know, kind of the components, art style are fine. I mean, it's not a it's not a pricey game. It's uh, you know, I think it's like twenty five or something like that. So it's right or maybe twenty five to thirty. It's on the lower end of uh, games, and it's probably the sort of thing that. You know, you have, you played a couple game nights and it's on, it's, it, it goes on to the out shelf. 
Like you're not you're not going to keep this around as a classic and and come back to it. I mean, unless you're trying to get off caffeine or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the the other the other game that comes to mind, kind of for different reasons, but but primarily because of its real time, is I know you we played Galaxy Trucker once, right? Yeah. The yeah, one yeah, where you're yeah. you're scrambling to get tiles and build your spaceship, and and space, that's the space truck. Space truck, yeah, 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 space truck. Did you like that? It was fun. I I don't remember the details of the mechanics of it, but that sort of feeling right of haste uh yeah it yeah can be fun but i mean it it, it ho- probably holds some place in your brain that maybe some other generic worker placement game or whatever euro game that we played right you, you, it was totally forgettable right right it was just like who knows what that is right um yeah i i, I this has like you probably won't forget this for a while i mean this will hold some little spot in your brain yeah especially it, if we played it a few times and it's it's like unnecessarily cute like, because <laughs> right. all of the, I mean, it, it, all of the characters have their own, yeah. Well, what, the other thing that's interesting is that they chose to make the art and everything so cute and cluttered. Right. This could, completely could just be... Dungeon crawl. Well, no, it could have no theme. It yeah, could just it be could abstract, be... move cubes around right. with no theme whatsoever. I think it'd be a lot easier. Right. And maybe that would reduce the amount of adrenaline one gets trying to be like, where's the thing right? yeah. staring at? Cause um, yeah, I think that's the logical move is to make an abstract version of it. Mm-hmm. But I think you, I think you lose a certain amount of the anxiety. Right. So just to fill you in the, on the, the, the powers and the coming scenarios, like if we were to keep playing through the right. scenarios here of what each of these little guys does. So there's the green elf, there's the purple wizard, the orange dwarf and the yellow warrior or whatever. Right. So the, <laughs> the like lucky charms, right? Something. So the, their special powers are, uh, the, the green elf, when you search and get a new tile with the green elf, you get to talk temporarily, just like as if you'd flipped over the, oh, okay. the thing, the yellow warrior, he can smash the uh, security cameras. So that whole thing I was talking about with security right. cameras. So that's what his job is. You have to take him. The purple wizard there's these crystal balls that come up on some tiles and if you land the wizard on the crystal ball he could just sit there and at any point the person who's the the person that searches for new tiles they can take two tiles and put them anywhere they want on the board which sounds great because it's like oh wow that's amazing you can put the exit near the thing they're trying to steal right except that that person is sitting there in analysis paralysis trying to figure out where the best place right. is to put those tiles and they totally freeze up it feels it feel like it feels like a reward but yeah unless yeah. you're in a state of uh yeah. Deep oneness with the... <laughs> right, exactly. And then the dwarf, there's these little... Uh, they look like little mouse holes, but they're like short doors. Okay. And only the orange guy can go. Got it. So, the, the, you know, the theme is, is you know, not there. I mean, it's like... It, like I said, you could be moving cubes around a grid. But anyway, so... It's Magic Maze. I'm. Uh, I wanted you to. I wanted you to check it out, and I think it'll. It's a key part of having any type of like larger co-op discussion, which I hope we'll we'll do soon. Right, right, right. So, Magic Maze. It's awesome. Um, but it's also kind of if you played a bunch, it's also kind of rage-inducing. I would say. At the yeah. Time. Well, you know, you seem to enjoy screaming at your your not screaming, but shaking your fist at your your video game screen. So now you find a way to shake your fist at. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the card. It's funny. That's funny you mentioned that. It it does have a similarity to trying to play Rocket League uh, 
cooperatively right because you want someone to be able to do something and there's a different reason why they can't do what they want it's more of a skill with their thumbs and fingers type of problem (laughs) as opposed to their brain locking up it's almost the opposite problem in rocket league you can perfectly visualize what you need to do but you can't and in this the whole problem is visualizing what you need to do and figure out where you where you you go (laughs) so i think it'd be good i think it's a great game for non-gamers too just families and stuff so there you go i wanted to talk about uh the game hellblade cinema sacrifice on uh i'm playing it on playstation is that all it's on um or is it on all the all the consoles no it's on it's on it's on other things i think it's on uh on pc as well like you can go play it as 4k and awesome looking as you want yeah playstation 4 and windows so it's uh it's a game by a company called ninja theory out of uh the uk do you know anything else they've done i'm not trying to put you on the spot but i do okay they made uh, the DMC Devil May Cry, which is I think the the Devil May Cry reboot, which I which I did not play. I played I played the older Devil May Cry's, which is kind okay. of like a button mashing combo, right? Three D combat sort of thing, and they're not like Samurai Warriors or not that. No, no, it's like you're like one of the devil's children, and you have okay. magical powers, and okay. And anyway, it's kind of a cheesy. Not something I would have played. Yeah, like vaguely kind of gothish, goth sort of. Again, not something I would have played. I, it, it was fun, <laughs> um, but I didn't play this version of it, so I didn't play the version of, that they made. But they did make one of the first PlayStation 3 games I ever played uh, called Heavenly Sword. I haven't heard of that. Yeah, and it it was, uh, well, I mean, I think it was an exclusive, a PlayStation exclusive. And Heavenly Sword had a, a, a female main character with this heavenly sword was um, it one of those gigantic swords where it's like you know 150 percent the size of their body it was it was strange okay and and complicated with strange and complicated powers right okay um i, I it's been a decade so it's more about the, the sword game. than the person well yeah i mean it wasn't much of a of a kind of a narrative sort of game okay right? you're just like le- learning all these various kind of combat um, I guess there was kind of some narrative aspects to it. Like I said, it's been a decade, but I really enjoyed the game. Okay. And one of my favorite things about the game is they spent a lot of, <laughs> they spent a lot of effort on the, the initial cuts, cut scene, which is just this zoomed in picture of her face. Um, that was incredibly real for 2007, incredibly realistic facial motion and that sort of thing. Hmm. So, so let's talk about this one. Yeah. Uh, so Cinema sacrifice, which I help. just played the intro of. Yeah. You, so that I would have some clues <laughs> to what the hell you were talking about. So the the context is you're uh, kind of a, a Viking era, um, I don't want to say spear maiden, but... Uh, Valkyrie? Or is that not... I don't, yeah, know, I don't actually no, know what Valkyrie is. Yeah, so, but yeah, so a, a Viking era, era uh, warrior woman okay. um, who's essentially journeying into Viking hell to save the soul of her dead lover. Okay. And this game has, has gotten a lot of criticism for some of the other conceits in the game, namely that she's got uh, some mental disorders and she hears and sees things. Um, And, you know, the, a good part of the game is, is playing it with just a a pair of headphones and, and experiencing the, the soundscape, the 3D soundness. I mean, I, w- I played the intro five minutes where she's just paddling in this uh, uh, sort of dugout canoe mm. of, you know, it's like dug out of a log and she's paddling th- through this river and there's all these, 
you know, gory bodies and, and, and I mean, that was sort of whatever. I mean, that's all of that stuff kind of is part of a set piece of the style of games that I don't really get into. Like, right. I don't, I don't, I, there's almost like zero appeal for me of, of that type of like, let's just show these like, you know, gross looking contorted, tortured bodies and that sort of thing. But the, the sound really was, yeah. was great. Cause you had me use the, the headphones that you had mm-hmm. and, and I'd never experienced, uh, I've never really played any games where, I mean, that was very immersive. I wasn't even playing. I, I, I mean, the controller could have been sitting next to me. I was, I was effectively just watching uh, a video movie, right, is going through there. And just with the voices kind of in the, the simulated surround sound, um, like I said, I was, like, frightened that uh, you're going to come up and tap me on the shoulder or something. Because I was really into it. I mean, I didn't really know what was going on, but I could see getting um, really immersed into that. And it, it did have a level of, like, sonic immersion even in that five minutes that I've honestly never had in a game. So that was impressive. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a narrative game. So it's my style of game and mm-hmm. it's a, obviously a dark journey into hell is kind of a dark narrative game. Yeah. Yeah. That's a um, turn off for me. Yeah. Um, but I, I like the, the kind of mythic qualities of, of the story. Um, and the, is she a, a hero or anti-hero or am I playing too broad a brush? Like, is she, I, a, uh, she is the hero of the story. She's not a bad person. Okay. Right. But okay. she's someone that struggles. So a lot of this, the story is kind of looking into her past and her, you know, if you're, if you, if you're in, uh, kind of the, the, not dark ages, but the, the, the world of, of Viking warriors, right. Where, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're, um, mentally ill, right. And mm-hmm. you're hearing voices and seeing things you, you're not treated very well. Right. And so a lot of it is kind of her, uh, investigating kind of her reactions to kind of her family and communities treatment of her as, as, as someone with those sorts of issues. Um, and then the gameplay, well, oh, so one more thing I want to add about kind of the immersive quality. There's no HUD. There's no... Uh, there's, so there wasn't any in the intro, but I wouldn't expect one. Like, I, I don't know if you were watching me, but yeah. I kept thinking, like, is this the point where... Yeah, do I use my Do I use my controller now? Am I supposed to be looking around? <laughs> but it didn't do anything. I was just sort of... Yeah, on. so the game kind of hints when you're supposed to be actually playing with, with camera work, right? So okay. it's a third-person game, so you're you're looking over kind of the shoulder of is the she mostly a, a sword or a spear like what is she using she's mostly weapon? a sword sword person okay. person yeah okay. so um and uh, what's her name do you know senua oh that's her name yeah that's her name it's about her sacrifice ah <laughs> like i said yeah i the hell blade aspect of it i think is is kind of a cheesy i, I, I don't like the name I'm not a big fan of colons in my game titles. Yeah, it's it makes it it makes it I'm talking video games, card <laughs> cardboard games, like your anti colon. It just always feels so pretentious to be like this the colon, this, this. I don't know. It just Well, it, so the reason, right, is that people so like Uncharted, for example, has I subtitles. Can, that's fine. And it's because they're they're creating a series. That's and fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. So you approve of uncharted colons just Yeah, kinda, that's okay. Charted Collins. Um, so back to Senua's Sacrifice. Uh, this is a narrative game. It's super immersive. It's designed for you to play with with headphones on because they've, you know, you're hearing voices constantly that are kind of contextual and, and saying things to you uh, and then kind of experiencing, you know, the thunderclaps or, or whatever's happening in the environment. And then there's no HUD. So it's, it's like your, um, 
you know, you're, you're in, in the experience as much as, as much as possible. Right. Um, so in terms of gameplay, uh, you really kind of alternate between exploration, uh, puzzle solving, um, and, uh, kind of spontaneous combat so they're do you, sorry i just want to interject mm-hmm. do you say there's no hud i mean there's not even a you know a pause screen where you go manage your inventory or anything like that no, no nothing you're, no. you're just always in that well so you can pause the game and sure. like change the audio levels or something right but right. there's no there's no there's no inventory. go to the map screen or, or go to the backpack screen there's, there's nothing like that there's no inventory okay. there's no map okay. okay there is it's pure immersion right 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 um and i think it manages that really well okay and then the puzzles are all mostly in context of her gift or disorder or whatever you want to say. Like they're all to a certain extent, uh, hallucinogenic, Mm -hmm. um, experiences. So there are a lot of situations where you can't accomplish something, but Mm -hmm. if you walk and look through a a certain arch, the world is different through that arch, for example. Hmm. Um, and so some of the puzzles are, you just have to, you know, find which thing changes when you look through, you know, a magical arch and, and manipulate it. Now I'm going to be real broad here in terms yeah. of like breaking down puzzles, yeah. but I mean, are these puzzles of more, you know, the, the portal style puzzles of, of physically moving your character or are they more that Tomb Raider uncharted of like, Oh, I need to figure out which, you know, tile to press and in this order. Do you know what I mean? So they're almost all moving the character. Um, I would refer looking... to the former ones as organic puzzles and the mm-hmm. other ones are more like contrived puzzles. Yeah. There's no machines. Okay. Right. Okay. So um, things happen in the universe because of her experience. So okay. she's uh, there, there's this, there's this kind of glyph sequence or moving, progressing in the game often involves finding glyphs. Um, mm-hmm in the in in the surroundings mm-hmm. and there are, you know maybe it's a tree that looks like a certain uh rune mm-hmm. right um and so you'll you'll encounter a door and kind of go through the puzzle with trying to find this the shapes on the door in the environment but it's all again kind of from her experience there's no machine that you're yeah. manipulating so are you are you close to being done or do you have any way of knowing or? i am at i'm about to start the last chapter how do you know that because i looked up how many chapters there are okay i was gonna say do you know that by the number of like trophies you got or no, something no there's no trophies there's no trophies? There's no, there's no well i mean in, in, i meant i meant ps4 trophies is what I was talking about, or whatever they're called yeah so i, I achievements do, i do get those obnoxious little pop-ups that Right. are completely out of context of the game that you can turn those off. Yeah, I should. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm almost done. I enjoyed a lot. Um, there are obviously some things I don't enjoy in terms of some of the boss fights are, um, a little bit onerous. Oh, I, I'm leaving out a mechanic. So if you die and every time you die, um, the 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 rot on one of her arms gets further up her arm. Like the grayscale. Yeah, and um, the cats are the cats are having a good time. Um, and at some point, it just starts you over. Okay. The entire game, you just start back at the beginning. The entire game. <laughs> so so don't die too much. It hasn't happened to me yet. I'm okay. kind of terrified what I will do if it does happen. Um, huh. People on the internet seem to indicate that it 
they mostly haven't experienced it. So you probably and you have to can't die go, a lot. you don't save your games. So yeah, there's no there's no save games. You're not okay. gonna go find the previous. Okay, I mean maybe there is. I, I'd have to go look at another yeah. screen, but you never like cool. go find a record player and play it. And now you've saved your game. Like yeah. it's it's yeah. completely immersive. Huh. So cool. It's uh, my style of thing. Um, well, I, I have to say that I mean I, that is the style of game that. I would, if I'm looking through the Xbox store or the PS4 store or whatever, I would just breeze on by. I'd be like, nope. You know, I, I would. Honestly? Because the art style mm-hmm. just sort of on its surface is just not what I'm into. I don't like that dark type of style. But um, it was, it was, that was a cool experience. And I was, I could have kept going. So I didn't, I didn't play it for a long time for two reasons. Um, well, so so one was was the art style. I was like, that combined with the name made me think this. Oh, this is kind of a dumb hack and slash thing right. with dark themes. Right, right. Um, whereas, you know, kind of the equivalent of like a genre book of something where people read it for the style, not necessarily the quality. But 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 it initially gave me the impression that someone threw some cinematic money at making something dumb pretty. Right. Uh, I see. And um I think it's not dumb. I th- I think yeah. it's it's well thought thought through. Uh-huh. And I think it's a risky sort of game and the 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 review numbers if you go look at the various uh-huh. sites it's all it's reviewed well. It is reviewed well. But it's super criticized, right? Because they try to do something different uh-huh. and they tried to have I think it's I think it it's a kind of another instance of you can't do anything right. Um of they try to have a a, a you know, a character with, with these, um, kind of mental problems, right. Or mental challenges that, that, uh, everyone seems to be throwing arrows at them, which I think is, it was kind of sad because, you know, it's, it's yet another form of, of, uh, of, uh, people trying to be, you know, bring some diversity to, uh, to video games in a, in a, interesting yeah i i I, I appreciate it and i think i sent you an article the other day or pointed you to the one where it was talking about how there's no middle class of gaming anymore right did i send that to you i don't think i read it if you did okay that's fine (laughs) but it was talking about how everything is either triple a or or indie and a lot of that middle ground right of of and i'm talking middle ground like think of where like cd project red would have been with witcher one right Right, this this middle ground of we're going to try to make an ambitious thing mm-hmm. with a modern aesthetic like mm-hmm. not a you know 16 bit or retro aesthetic right um but we we don't have you know EA behind us or or right. Blizzard or or whoever right behind us and like a game they talked about was Alan Wake from a, a while back mm-hmm. of, of that sort mm-hmm. of like middle class of it's trying to do something different but it's still doing it with a modern aesthetic and i i think i appreciate that that is is out there this game seems sounds like it kind of fits into that pocket a bit yeah i mean i mean you would not call this a triple a title but it's also i mean i've never heard of ninja theory but maybe i'm just not plugged into that (laughs) are they that big i mean uh well they made they made a a, you talked about like a dozen games okay um most of which like i said i i haven't played yeah um but one one of which i i remember playing i remember enjoying a lot um as one of my first PlayStation games. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I don't, I, I don't know where they are in the kind of official spectrum of AAA versus 
versus whatever. Yeah. But, th- but this feels like, you know, it's not a call of duty, right? Like it's right. not, <laughs> right. It's not something like that, but that, but there's definitely been, um, you know, a lot of mocap, a lot of, a lot of, you know, someone was on a stage and getting mm-hmm. their, 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 yeah, yeah. uh, features well, cool. captured. So cinema sacrifice Hellblade. Yeah. So, and, uh, I, it, 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 yeah, look good. I think it, I think it leads me into something I wanted to discuss and, and, and that was the continuum between, um, what you call kind of experiences. So, so when we, when we talked about the, the Sherlock Holmes consulting detective game, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, one of the things that you said is it's, it's kind of more an experience. I, and now I'm quoting you without looking at it, but more, <laughs> more an experience than a game. Right. Um, so, you know, you're really kind of gathering people together and, and, and reading things and, and, and arguing about things. And it's less about, you know, speed running points or well it's less about turns and rules right right i mean you 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 get a lot of value out of a game like that um and there's some nominal rules in scoring but they're mostly meaningless to me i mean the the value of what you're you're getting out of it really has nothing to do with that it's kind of like uh um you know certain games will put you know how how speed run things or, or things around them so that if, if the sort of person like wants to compare with someone else that they, they mm-hmm. like if you just need to put yourself on some measuring stick when you're playing a game right they're gonna they're providing that so that it's not just you know whatever but it's certainly not you know r- required um yeah i definitely think something like sherlock holmes is is an experience type of game i even think something like magic maze is a experience type of game yeah i mean there's rules and there's all this different stuff but the reason that I would play this is because I want somebody to share this experience. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, that's kind of what that's about. That's not, and that's not always the case with, with games, right? If I'm going to sit there and play a, um, you know, like Euchre or Spades or some card game with playing cards with someone, I mean, the experience there is not having anything to the game. That's just the social experience. And you have some rules to kind of like go through and you're, you know, right. trying to win with your partner or whatever you're trying to do. That's kind of on the other the other end of it, right? But, but chess and other kind of abstract yeah, to- games, right? right. The, totally. It, it's all about yes. the, the game aspect of it, right? And it maybe you're Azul, it- like we're talking about. Yeah. It, yeah. Azul is not about having an experience. Azul is about um, uh, something that's, you know, easy to get into and you, you know, you play in 20 minutes and, and in the same way that you play backgammon or chess, like we we're talking about. Yeah. So it's the opposite of experience and well, the way that you're referring to it. Yeah. And I, I think, um, to me, it's a little easier to see some of those aspects on the, on the video game side. Right. So if you look at like the, the, the Mario games, right. Mm-hmm. You're really, or, or any of those platforming games where you're kind of aiming at, at thumb perfection. Right. Like, so for instance, I just started playing Celeste. Oh my. <laughs> So Celeste is a uh, um a retro art style um hardcore platformer. So mm-hmm. like super it's kind of in the echoes to like games like Super Meat Boy or Trials. I don't know if you ever played Trials, the ones where you're on the motorcycle. Oh no. And you're just trying to like do all these different things. Games <laughs> where games where you die multiple times per minute. <laughs> and it's it's almost like you know, so so in Celeste you're this you're this girl and she's trying to climb a mountain. That is what is going on in the game, <laughs> and right? You, and you calculated your deaths per minute as what? 
Uh, so I played the first chapter. I played it this morning, <laughs> and I had 130 deaths in 40 minutes. Um, Did you yell at your your screen? No, right? <laughs> Stacy Stacy walked away because she she just probably doesn't understand the the appeal of the masochism of playing a brutal <laughs> platformer like that. Like she's like, but she appreciates that I have fun with that type of thing. Um, I mean that that type of game. I'm not ever going to be good at. I mean, it's got all this speed run statistics. I mean, I'm sure people finish the first chapter and I, I don't even want to put a number out there. because It's probably <laughs> way off. Right. But like um, amazing things that, that, that people can do if they dedicate themselves to speed running platformers. Um, I, I, I like, so I like that retro art. I mean, that's a big appeal to me, you know, like a shovel knight right. in, in Celeste or whatever. Um, and there is an experience to playing that there's a, like, I mean, you're sort of positioning that type of a game as just some sort of nuts and bolts, like not an experience, but Whoa. it is an experience because you're learning something while you, while you play. So I'm trying to position it as a, as a continuum, ah. right? And, and I, and I think you can't say that Dark Souls isn't an experience, right? And you can't say that Dark Souls isn't a game, right? Of course, no, of course it so, is. So, 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 um, but it's definitely on the skills side versus the walking simulator side <laughs> qop so we, we no 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 walking simulator like uh edith finch is like a walking simulator right right, right. so that's just well walk, but it's walking around it's it's more about the experience than the gameplay right so mm -hmm. so edith finch you're you're did you play did you no play? but i've had enough i, I <laughs> you've watched enough i will YouTube? play it no i haven't even watched enough i just i have a pretty good sense of of it just from talking to people. Yeah, yeah. So Edith Finch is about experiencing a story in a kind of video game context. Right. Yeah. And so I think one of the things I like about the Uncharted's, which I think you started mm -hmm. Uncharted 1. Um, <laughs> so let's, Uncharted let's, just, Zero. let's just say I've been an Xbox person for uh, as long as there has been an Xbox. I mean, I've always been on that. Was the chip removal unpleasant or did they? Right, right. <laughs> So I got a PS4 recently because I'd sort of, there's been a, quite a few games that I was like, I would really like to play and I've never played them. Um, and you know, there's certain titles that have always, there's been more better Sony exclusives than there's been, uh, Microsoft exclusives now that like, I'm not in like Halo land. You yeah, know, I, I used yeah. to play Halo and that was kind of like why I kept playing that so much. Right. But now that I don't do that, it, it's not as, it's not as appealing. So now I can go and play like i'm excited to play this remake of shadow of the colossus mm -hmm. uh getting to play through the uncharted games um there'll be other games as as well that i'm looking forward to but i mean it's it's still kind of i'm like looking at it for sony uh, some someday i'm gonna hold your hand at, at playing the intro to last of us but yeah yeah so but sure. those those are all they're games like you run around and you have to dodge things and shoot like in, in, in uncharted, in uncharted yeah. for example yeah. right but it's it's really about this linear experiencing this linear narrative in the context of, of playing a game. So let me... I, for I, me. I, I wonder if, the, if this indicator, if this will ring true for you. So um, when I was... We were, I was it was like a, last weekend, I think, when I turned on Uncharted, Uncharted for the first time, which mm -hmm. you, you know, I, it's like a... It's like I, having never seen The Godfather or something, right? It's like, oh, I finally get to play this like classic <laughs> I don't, I don't, game. Or I don't something. know if it's that bad, but it's from 2007, right? Okay, well... Yeah. It's like never playing... Never seen Pulp Fiction. I don't know, sure, whatever. Which sure. I know I know is older. But anyway, but... Uh, my wife was, she was like watching, like she could treat it as something to watch without holding the controller. As, as an old person and not a, a young person that watches Twitch. 
right? Like right. <laughs> right, right. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So some people can watch some people speed run games and and find that entertaining. And I mean, I kind of find it entertaining. But but yes, as someone who is not what you'd call a a esports spectator or video game spectator, she found that interesting. Whereas watching me play Celeste is not interesting. Right. Right. Just and watching you fall off of watching me die over. over and over and over and Aww. over and over Aww. and over and over. Oh. <laughs> but I'm learning something. <laughs> yeah, you're getting skills. I am getting skills. <laughs> so I think that's a good indicator of, you know, is this an experienced game? Like, can you watch someone else play it? Well, for video games, what, yeah. what, so where, so we use Consulting Detective as, a, as an experience game. Do you think, like, party games are more on the experience side? Like, uh, what's, yeah, they, what's the one where you draw and alternate, right? What's that? Uh, oh, gosh. Telestrations? Telestrations or... or uh, um, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, because those games are... You're I mean, not, so, so you're not really trying to win. Exactly. I was going to say they're, they're not really about being competitive. You're about just having a laugh, you know, have, having a good time, right. You know, with, with people, I mean, typically with people who are not into strategy and competing, which is, you know, a lot of people, I mean, right. it's like, sometimes you, you know, there's groups. I mean, we, one of the guys at my Tuesday night group, which is a total, strategy group right. he brought magic maze to it just because <laughs> he just wanted to see what and he would only, happen and i think he apologized like 42 times like because he was just like just give it a chance you know like just he just wanted to see how that would work um <laughs> all the alpha gamers are like what is this <laughs> no no it was i mean it was it was fine what's funny about it right is that it's it's uh it's the magic maze is intended to stop the alpha gamer problem in co-ops but in a way almost makes it worse because it just makes the alpha angrier. Right. Because like, they, they wave their pawn at you more. Exactly. Smack it on the table. Exactly. So, so party games, I think, I think games that are, um, that have an episodic nature to them. Mm -hmm. Right. I think legacy games really fit for an experience because you're building a world typically. Right. With, with other people. Right. And so you're building something beyond just what, the cardboard and plastic so you're is saying, providing. You're saying it, it may be two axis, right? Less, 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 a less a continuum than, you know, experience on one hand. And I, I just think it depends on what it's going for. I mean, certainly, you know, Arkham horror, dead of winter, these right. sorts of games where, I mean, the game mechanics to dead of winter and Arkham horror are clunky. They're not, I mean, they're not, you have to want to play to Arkham want... really badly. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I think with something even like Dead of Winter, you have to, you have to want to, you know, there's a little bit of like, I want to role play. I mean, not that you're going to really role play in Dead of Winter, yeah. but, but if you do, I think it's all the better. You want to immerse yourself in the zombie world. Yeah, if yeah. you if you want the Cthulhu world, or right. But yeah. I mean, really, all you're doing is yeah, you're just chucking some dice, and this happens, and it's kind of random, but. Right. I mean, I don't think I'll ever forget when we were playing Dead of Winter with the dude I had had the heart attack or whatever. <laughs> I mean, that was hilarious, right? That was that makes me want to play that tonight just to see if we get another story out of it, right? <laughs> but then, I mean, let's take what we talked about last time, TI4. Mm -hmm. That game has more rules and pieces and, and all these sorts of things for alpha gamers, but at the same time is an incredible experience. Right. So that game is able to do both for whatever reason. Right. I mean, that game is the opposite of Sherlock Holmes consulting detective in terms of rules overhead and, and all that. Right. But it's still um, 
but it's a different type of experience. So in, in, in a TI4 or a data winner or something like that, you're, well, TI4 especially because you're creating like your own story mm -hmm. of what happens mm -hmm. all the way back to Sherlock Holmes where you're, you're kind of just all doing a choose your own adventure book together. You're not really, I mean, we, we're, we don't remember like amazing times playing consulting detective. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, oh, remember that time when I thought of that clue? I mean, that, that, that doesn't really happen, but it's still an experience. Yeah. Yeah. But it's different. Yeah. Well, so there's so many axes to this that yeah. I think it's interesting. Like, so, so part of it is the kind of abstractness versus the kind of the level of not branding. What is the, what is your, what is your term? Theme? Theme. Yeah. Theme versus abstract. Thematic yeah, yeah, versus abstract. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that is interesting, right? Because I feel like it's harder to have the experience, right? With the, with the abstract, with the more abstract things go. I don't know. The the theme in Magic Maze kind of doesn't matter very much. No. At all. Versus like Arkham, like you're getting eaten by things all the time. And <laughs> Yeah, if Arkham were an abstract, it might be the worst game I can imagine. Ever, ever made. Well, you'd be playing for five hours with what <laughs> like with text that has no flavor to it, just telling you to do you lose, random I lose, mean it, lose two points. Yeah, lose two points. It's just It'd be like playing shoots and ladders almost. I mean, not that bad, but it, it, it you know, it's kind of like that in, in a way. I mean, so much of what's going on in a game like that is, is about everyone getting into it. I mean, I play a monthly game of Imperial Assault, right? Which you've played before, right, which is right. the Star Wars tactical yeah. movement thing. And I sometimes think like how much of, how much of the appeal of this for me and, and the guys that I play with is the fact that it's Star Wars, right? Right. I would say at least half 75. I mean, it's pretty high, <laughs> right? If it weren't star Wars, cause I mean the, basically the game is a reskin of another game called descent, which you've also played, right. which is sort of a generic fantasy world sort of thing. And I think that would be fun, but there's, there's something about you, you bringing it to the touchstone of star Wars that is appealing for you would not games. play it as an abstract, right? Like you, no. would just, you would just not play it. Right. So, yeah. so yeah. I mean, abstract games have to be quick almost by their, I mean, they almost by definition, almost by us, not they don't have to be, but they have to constrained. Yeah. Well, I, chess is a long one. So go, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's it. Well, but constrained, right? Like there's a really, really tight set of tight set of rules, rules and you don't have any, yeah, you're not really, yeah. I was yeah. gonna say you're not choosing between characters. You kind of are in chess. But, yeah, that's <laughs> true. It's true. It's, it's, it's really tight. Um, um, another, another game that I just finished recently, um, that I thought was an experience. I just finished, I finally finished XCOM two. Oh yeah. Yes. And, and I, so I, like I told you, I played that on Iron Man mode where there's no save scumming. So there's no like reloading if you know, and it's a squad based game and you're building up your soldiers and did you say save scumming? Yeah. That's what that's called. Like going back into yeah. your old saves yeah. because you're a scum. If you do that, is that what, is it like a judgmental? That's just what it's called. I never thought scumming. about, I never thought about why it's called that, but it's going back in and saying like, Oh, that didn't go perfectly. So I'm going to reload it. Cause I really didn't want to lose that guy. Got he, it. he was my favorite guy or whatever. Yeah. Favorite uh, woman or whatever soldier. So, you know, you lose people along the way, but it was, I was a little, that's not usually how I play games. Right. Cause I, I feel like that would be more frustrating, but I had started the game. It was probably, so when I did this whole Iron Man one, that was probably my fourth sort of start. And the first three starts, I had something go bad and then I would reload. And what I found was happening was I was stopping to play because 
the missions tend to be like 45 minutes long and I didn't want to replay. It was, it, it felt boring. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't want to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not like in Celeste or super meat boy where you die and you just die 15 seconds later. Yeah. And well, it's like, you don't lose anything. This was like, I lost all that progress and I don't want to sit there and have to keep save, 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 you know, every time I do something dangerous. Right. So instead I'm like, heck with it. I'm just going to throw that all out. I'm just going to play all the time. Like this could be the end. Right. And just, play that way. And I don't even know how this whole entire thing goes. And I was, I was kind of terrified because I'd put, I don't know how many hours into this going <laughs> into like the final, final mission of the game, right? Where you can't go back, you can't research any more stuff. And I'm going that and here's my squad. And this is all I got. And I have no idea. I mean, it was an absolutely wonderful experience. It was great <laughs> because I didn't know what was coming. I didn't Google to find out what tactics I should use. Right. And I don't even want to give anything away, but I mean, it was a multi-part, you know, epic. I mean, it was truly epic, the whole final battle. Um, and, you know, like the rest of the family was kind of like watching the end of it because I had been into it for, for a while. And it was it was a, a great time. And it was so satisfying that it was way, way more satisfying than if I'd reloaded that final battle four times or or whatever. Right. And, and, and so I will remember it was a story. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I was like watching the cutscenes. I mean, it was, yeah. I was all into it and, and it was, it was totally, uh, it yeah. was totally memorable. Like I can even remember like how the final few turns went, you know, and, and I was asking my son, I'm like, what percent chance do you think I have to win? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was great. So that's another game, which is highly, highly structured in right. terms of rules and you want to win and all of that, but it's still able to create a great experience because it was so immersive and I felt so invested because of the Iron Man aspect of it. Right. So right. strong in theme and that consequences. There we go. Having consequences. Having consequences. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's what it comes down to. Skin right. Skin in the game. Having some skin in the game. Um, yeah. Makes, makes a lot of difference in terms of, um, and, and, and that's kind of when you're talking about cinema sacrifice, right? right. You don't want this grayscale or whatever it's called you have some skin in the game because you're like, man, should I take this risk or not? I mean, it, <laughs> it puts some stakes on the table when you're playing something, which is, this is probably why I get bored of games like Skyrim and such, because I save scum the hell out of them. Like I, right. something happens, I die and it's like, oh, I got to go reload. Right. And, and, and no, no one wants to restart Skyrim after putting, you know, 40 hours into it. Exactly. But at the same time, if there's, no stakes. The, the game has to be on the same page with you. The game has to be willing to play that way. Mm -hmm. Like if the game expects you to reload, right? Like Divine Divinity, uh, the whatever that game or the, the Divinity Original Sin, I mean. Right, right. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I... The, some of the battles are so unfair <laughs> where you're just sitting there and it's more of this experiment of, well, should I try this tactic or that? Right. It, and the game is not willing, it, it it's not willing you. to, yeah. It punishes yeah. you for putting, put investing your skin in the game of, 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 of trying to avoid right. your saves coming. <laughs> yeah. So take Celeste. Celeste is great because not only does it have a, a an, an assist feature that you can like turn on different, you know, you can slow it down or give yourself more air dashes or you can basically adjust the difficulty in a way that isn't just, you know, easy, hard, hardest. It's mm -hmm. like you can you know, really fine tune even the aspect that's difficult for you. Like mm -hmm. you need to slow it down or give yourself more stamina when you're climbing or whatever it is. But the game also has elements in it that call out explicitly like signs on the screens, like embrace your death count. 
<laughs> like it's, it's, it recognizes the game is aware. The designers are aware of the environment they've created. And rather than you feeling bad for, you know, struggling with a difficult game, they're like saying, embrace the difficulty. And I think that's embrace the suck. Well, yeah, because it means that the designers are aware of what they're, yeah. they're, they're creating, right? I mean, they have to make it possible for you to be able to accomplish something. They have to make it seem worthwhile. They have to make it feel like you're learning, et cetera. Well, and they're also hinting at how you should engage with the game, right? right? Exactly. So, you know, if, if they're encouraging you to reload all the time versus, you know, I don't ever want to die, right? Like that, that, uh. I think that's just good game design, right? And and so and, and like I said with Celeste, it has this whole other like little book. When you finish the chapter, you can go in this little book, and it'll have, you know, stats about how many times you died. It'll have stats about you know how many strawberries, which are like little bonus things you collected. It'll have how much time it took you, and then it's it's kind of inviting you to try it again because you know whatever. My first time, I never played the game, and it was like. 130 deaths in 40 minutes. Maybe next time I'll do it in 50 deaths in 25 minutes. Right. <laughs> and, and it's like, you'll just see that little bit of progress and you know that you're getting better at the world that, that they created. Um, and, and that's, that's a lot of fun. It's just as much fun for me as it is for some people. And it is for me in some games to, you know, collect loot in Diablo or to, right. you know, it's just a different type of, of, uh, accomplishment or you know if you want to call that and i think that's something that the legacy games um that's the appeal right i mean that mm -hmm. is that sense of of accomplishment like when we play pandemic legacy i mean we just finished may i think uh, a couple of weeks ago right and and every time we get those extra points to like improve our lot of what's going on we we feel like we're we're accomplishing something for a while we thought something was unfair because we were kind of getting our asses kicked but then <laughs> then we found the thing that was like oh this is what we should have done and this is what the designers intended and it it felt more fair right so i i think yeah it is is a big part of game design i think that the legacy style games really kind of add that and that's and that's what that's what makes them uh that's what makes them exciting so yeah another way to understand your engagement hmm. so right Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, and, and of all the things we talked about, I kind of say like, I like them all, like <laughs> all the things. Well, I mean, I like, I mean, from the experiential, you know, Hellblade thing where it was very immersive all the way down to just the pure skill. My thumbs still hurt from this morning of playing uh, Celeste, right? <laughs> is, is good. The other game we've been, I've been playing with my son. Uh, it's just a co-op. You ever play Castle Crashers? No, no. You know what it is though? No. Uh, so it's just a sort of a side-scrolling co-op. So we're playing this game called Full Metal Furies, where it's in the style of Castle Crash. I mean, it's in the it's the same style of game where you're like just beat up side-scrolling, like beat 'em up, you know. Right. And uh, you know, and you're kind of getting a little bit farther every time. And so we'll he and I both have that same ability. Where we're like, we'll just keep going at the level, banging our head against the wall, and we finally get past it, and we're like, you know, high five. All right, on to the next one. <laughs> which is which is good um it's it, it's just a fun uh fun thing to share so uh couch co-op couch co-op it's good stuff yeah oh yeah we gotta we still gotta do uh 
Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. We got to do that for soon. We do. We'll do that soon. We do. So, and I think we're going to try to save that for next. Yep. Yep. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, word of mouth is great for us. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, leave us a note. It really helps us out. Move us up the search. And uh, just get out there. Context free. Yep. And tweet at Kegs if you have any suggestions, questions, or anything. All right. Thanks Later. everybody. Bye. Bye. Uh, we have a we have a new logo uh, designed by Andrew Feigl. Uh, check him out at uh, Vinyl Lights in the Denver area. You'll you'll find him spinning in a lot of those. Uh, and also check out his Instagram, uh, Andrew Feigl on Instagram. Our theme music is Chocolate and Cocaine by Lorenzo's Music. Check out Lorenzo's Music at lorenzosmusic.com. Context Free is a, is a contrarian content production. Uh, find out more along with our various detailed, wonderful show notes that contain lots of links about pretty much everything we discuss at contextfree.fm. Thanks.